I wonder should I try a new intro? You're really trying to switch everything up this week. New New Year, new me. <laughs> new Year, new show. I don't even know what to say if we did another another intro. Um, <laughs> I'm just imagining like when you do your self help book, like New Year, new me, the Armand wake up story or something like that. Oh um, God, I will never do a self help book called New Year, new me. <laughs> never in life will I catch me doing that <clears throat> at all. Um, good evening. <laughs> I can't even, I'm, I, yeah, we can't do a new intro. You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. Uh, yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to um, a new era in Clock Radio Speakery. Um, episode 301. I'm your co-host Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on all social media at Armand Wake Up. A-R-M-O-N-D Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter, which is at CRS Podcast. And uh, ClockRadioSpeakers.com is where all of our previous 300 episodes are. And uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook and in the streets. It's a new intro. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Doc's here. Very polished intro. We'll, we'll work. Absolutely. We'll figure that out. Uh, what's going on, everybody? You can follow me on Twitter at Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z if you want, or just follow the show, SCRS Podcast, and go to clockradiospeakers.com like Armand said. But that's about it. Oh, yeah. Um, we're, we, we're everywhere. iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Spotify, Google Play. Spotify. Yep, yep. We'll be on Patreon soon, soon as I can craft out 20 minutes to finish our page. So for those of you who want to support us, it's coming. It's not like a rapper. Jesus. You're, you're, you're pre-announcing the special. I, that's okay. I'm announcing the announcement. It it happens. It happens. I I think this is like making up for the fact that like I tried to write a rhyme yesterday <laughs> and it was trash. Like I felt defeated mm. after writing. It was over the, uh, ironically, it was over the Lil Baby and Drake record. So it was it was already a stretch because that's a different tempo, and I caught it. But did you catch like, it without using the Drake flow? I started with the Drake flow and yeah. then I went elsewhere, and and then it just it just I don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> I think that's important. You know, nowadays we're like content is king. I was talking to um. I was talking to a friend of the show. I'm not going to put him on blast. I was talking to a friend of the show the other day, and we were just talking about engaging social media, um, being older, and how do we do that? Because we want to, but like prior commitments keep us from really engaging the way that maybe people who who pursue whatever they pursue full time are able to do or have to do. And like Andre 3000 has said it, and Fonte have said it. Like they they don't write. Or they don't speak unless they have something to say. And I think that's a testament in this era where like people are going viral for like buying bed sheets, you know, and just the craziest stuff is just going viral. And it's just, I guess, don't don't speak if you don't have anything to say. You know, I think it it may like carry uh may give your words a heavier weight when you actually say something, right? In theory, in theory, I mean, in theory. I don't know. I, I, I agree with that, but I also think like 
there is something to the fact that there's so much noise out there. Yeah. Right. There's so much volume that I understand why people feel like if I don't say something and make people realize that I've got something to say on occasion. So keep checking back in. Absolutely. Like I, I get, I get why people feel like they always got to put something out. I don't know. Absolutely. Don't, we don't have this all figured out, right? I mean, not at all. The internet I keeps think- it, it keeps like evolving faster and fast. Like each, each iteration just evolves like faster than the one before it. So Absolutely. we're still all trying to figure out like the best way to make use of this, right? I mean, right now the big thing is like every social media platform they all use an algorithm to like define the posts and everything like that. So you end up like trying to work the algorithm and then eventually they'll course correct like think how many times facebook has changed up how the news feed works or whatever like so i don't know i feel like we're still all trying to grapple with it yeah i think that might be the first step the first step is because some people you know they don't you don't realize it but many artists and many people like hire social media people or they work with these social media companies to you know get that time or to make the algorithm work for them um, everybody doesn't have that. And I think the first step is just saying like, yo, I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure this out. Right, trying, right, to, right. trying to make my voice cut through as you just said. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So we took a week off. Yes. Um, I had to travel for work. You had some other things going on. Um, you got something, you got something we could actually, we could get some of this out of the way up front. We're, we're totally inverting the whole show right now. Yeah. Why not? You, you've got a little something premiering this week. Yeah, Revelations Revolution video is finally premiering uh, this Friday at uh, via Radio U. Um, so you can check them out. But if you follow me on social media, if you follow Doc and I, we'll you know we'll we'll let the streets know. But uh, yeah, videos out um, shot by my man uh, Matelli Graves. Some of you may know him as Smurf Village, um, and then directed by uh, or edited by a, a guy named Gabio who did a phenomenal job. Yes. I've been. I've been holding on to this video for a long time. Um, I've alluded to it on the show for a long time. So to finally have a clear date, went to the radio station, did some press for them. They're excited about it. And yeah, so I'm, I'm very, this is far and away the best thing that has ever come out of the Armand wake up wheelhouse. And I think, you know, though, those of us who have, operated in the wheelhouse doc you being one of them and you even being part of this because you produced this beat like this is far and away the, the best thing that i've ever done or been a part of creatively 100 percent. yeah you've been sitting on this so long when you sent me the link first of all i still worked at yale and then, <laughs> um, but also uh i believe there was like snow on the ground like it's been a minute it's been a minute yeah i mean in the video i'm wearing a hoodie it was like a, it was a good day outside. Like it right, didn't right. snow, so we we right. went and shot the video. So I'll I'll share the story of how the video came together, and because there's a really dope story behind it, I'll share all that next week or next time whenever we get together and uh, you know, whenever we enjoy some more clock radio speakery. Who knows when that'll happen, right? <laughs> Hip hop is funny, man. Because uh, this week we have uh, we have two fairly sizable releases to talk about, along with a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and we're going to sort of invert it. So if you are a new listener, this will be just how the show goes, but for everybody else, we're going to shock you because we're going to start off by talking about Travis and Nikki's albums. Let's do it right up front because that's kind of the biggest thing in hip hop right now. Um, do you want to, you want to start with Travis's first and then work in the Nikki's? Yeah, I think Travis's is more interesting musically and Nikki's is more interesting for all the other like she has a bunch of stuff going on around the music where Travis was fairly music 
focused. Yeah. In, in terms of, you know, his rollout. He was fairly music focused with the rollout, definitely. I mean, to the point where, I mean, if you had to, th- like, I don't know. He didn't even, I mean, I guess the lead single was Watch. I mean, the actual lead single was Butterfly Effect that last year. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, and that's on the album. Um, but Watch was the lead single, which doesn't end up on here, which personally, I think that's the right move. Like, I, I don't think that song caught fire the way that I think he hoped it would. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it wor- has worked out for him because, uh, and I think, I mean, you can kind of count Stargazing as a single. He used Stargazing in the, sort of the promo trailer for the album. And that's one of the two songs um, that were in the top 10 for him this week, which is kind mm-hmm. of amazing. Like, that's where we're at with streaming. Like, Travis Scott has two top 10 Billboard pop songs this week. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and it, I think the decision to sort of take watch off kind of works in his favor because it turns out there's a top five, at least the first week. There's a, an immediate favorite sitting like right there for people to pick up on and run with. And we'll talk about that when we get there. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of a rollout. You know, he's been talking about Astroworld since he put Rodeo out, pretty much. Yeah. Like, the fact that, because Rodeo is 2015, um, and then uh, Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight is, like, September 2016, or uh, August 2016. Um, but even before Birds in the Trap, he was he was talking about Astroworld, this idea of Astroworld, right? So this has been cooking for a while. He's been working on this for, like, two years. Um and then the only other thing I really want to point out before I'll ask, you know, obviously if you got anything else, jump in here. But like the only th- other thing that was kind of interesting is what he did with merch. Did you see any of this? Um, I I saw it. Are you talking about like the the Nike stuff? No, I'm not talking about the Nike stuff. I'm talking like so it's it's kind of a common thing now, right? Artists sell merch. Uh, Kanye wasn't the first to do this, but he certainly has been a he's been like we'll, we'll say a a leader in that field in hip hop, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, selling merch online aggressively. Um, and Travis was doing uh, like limited uh, timed drops. So like you had to buy it between this time and this time. Otherwise that piece of merch wasn't available again. Oh, he took my idea. Right. Um, <laughs> you can send the checks to Armand Wake Up. Courtesy Please do. Of the- <laughs> um, you can just sponsor Clack Radio Speaking. No, just kidding. Yeah, that's um, it. You gave out $100,000 uh, on Twitter yesterday. Show that you can, you know, Slide over a G, a rack, a band. Is the kids yeah? I'll say, what are the kids called now? Is it ba- is it bands? Is it still bands? Um, cheese. That's what we called it. <laughs> how many how many words did E forty have for for money? Oh my god! <laughs> we need to find an E forty dictionary. I'm sh- I know there's one online somewhere. Uh, so yeah. So. He did these timed merch, uh, merch drops, but then also each, um, like he's selling merch and it comes with a physical and a digital version of the CD. Okay. Of the album. And so that is super important. I think we'll talk about when we talk about like sales for Travis and Nikki, just keep that in your mind. Cause that really matters. It's super interesting what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but I think that's pretty much it until we go track. Is there anything else before we kind of get into the album that you want to talk about? Like you're not really the biggest Travis Scott fan around, right? Not really. Um, not really. Not really. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. He's not really my, my cup of tea. So this was, Travis has a lot going on in his music. And so. That's like, for sure. There was a, there was a lot. I still haven't unpacked everything. So I don't, 
you know, if I'm indifferent about a lot of this stuff, it's because there was a lot going on and I still need to unpack it and process it. Um, are we going to talk about the Kardashian effect now or later? I mean, let's do it whenever we talk about a sale. So, I mean, we could just say like, this is the number one album in the country and he debuted with a number that is astronomical. You know, no pun intended. Um, I mean, he's gold. He's gold now. He he sold over 500,000. I mean, 500,000 equivalent. But out of that, like almost what, like half that number or something is actual like copies of the album. So, so it's safe to say that the, we don't know how much it is, but it's safe to say that the bundling worked. The bundling worked, um, and the, the so the, there's an interesting thing. That I, so I kind of looked into this a little bit, right? So um, the fact that he sold, if you bought something, that it would sometimes come with like a CD and a digital version really matters because, so like mm. Nikki, Nikki is bundling. It's yeah, not yeah. just a double dip. Nikki's bundling with her tour, right? Yeah. You buy tickets to the tour, you get a did you get a you get the ability to like redeem a digital version of the album. Mm-hmm. Nikki does not get credit for the sale until you go in and redeem it. Mm. So you're going to have like a this sort of like long tail of like what I would say larger than normal, quote unquote, actual buys. Like when you look at her numbers, but she's not going to get that big first week bump because how many people have actually gone and redeemed it yet? Right. 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 It's not as though she did this coordinated campaign where if you buy the ticket, you can redeem it a day early or something that would force people to like go to their ticket master or whatever account and be like, give me the code, you know? Um, So because of that, like that's one, like bundling can work, that that, that can kind of work and that'll help overall. Like if you assume that some percentage will ultimately redeem, like, okay, that's great. And it's a way to also like slightly inflate the, the, you know, the price of your tickets. Um, interesting about that tour is they're also giving away a free, de- like free download code for futures y- as yet unnamed upcoming album. So really, yeah, because he's hmm. yeah, the person on tour. So when, but because his album's coming later, right, you will sort of assume that they'll have a little bit more ticket sales in the bag. So like, it'll be interesting to see if futures team learns from this. And there's like this big effort first week reminding people, Hey, go to your account and redeem the code. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, but the fact that Travis is not just giving people the digital code, but also like you're buying a physical copy. There you go. So like, there's a reason why his, like, there's sort of a ratio of like actual like buys versus streams. Like his ratio is pretty high. And some of that is because of the bundling, but his streams are pretty large too. So there is that. So back to what you're originally saying, the Kardashian effect, right? His profile is absolutely raised, right? Yeah. But I think that he is doing a really good job of monetizing his super fans. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's, what's interesting is when you look at, okay, I'll say this. When you look at anybody else who has been wrapped up in the Kardashian effect, Kanye, uh, Lamar Odom, uh, um, um, what, was the, what's the, what was the dad's name? Bruce Jenner uh, or Caitlyn Jenner. Um, Tiger, Tiger, yep, Tiger, um, Black China. Um, well, I'm trying to think of the uh, the guy Chris Humphreys that that Kim was married to before. Now Tristan, Tristan, yep. Like they all become heavily dependent on that brand, where it's almost like 
they they are not as relevant. Even Kanye, and this is before everybody turned on Kanye, like Kanye and Kim became like this package deal. And sure, they're married, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kim had a very large hand on a lot of stuff that Kanye had going on. Travis, though connected to Kylie through a child and through a relationship, um, he doesn't seem like drenched in the Kardashian ecosystem. Maybe this is me not being like, maybe I'm just not as steeped in that world as, you know, as others are, but it doesn't look like if they break up, like this is going to really affect his stock. Like, it seems like he's, he's capitalized or people like his music, like him, like the things that he's doing, like his merch, like everything that he's connected to so much that if, they don't work out. It's not like a tiger situation where like he's drowning or a black China situation where she has to like make up news in order to be like relevant. Like I don't see him as connected to that ecosystem as other people are. Am I tripping on that? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I think for our like the older you are, the less relevant Kylie probably is to your day to day celebrity world. Sure. Right. So, like, I, I have a hard time exactly judging that. I think, um, hmm, I think that's an interesting question. I think I, I hate, I hate that I did really dislike the term sort of Kardashian effect, right? Because I think it implies as though, like, th- these are like some, like, like these women are like witchy women who are like, you know, somehow <laughs> like cursing. Cause that's how people refer to it, right? Yeah. As though, the, as though it's like a curse or something. And to me, more accurately, it's that this is a family who, for better or for worse, has largely figured out how to uh, not just uh, strap themselves to like this reality TV show lens, but to take advantage of it as much as possible. And that's a lot harder than it looks. And I think the real yeah. thing is more like, even if you think you're famous, even if you're an NBA player, even if you're a somewhat known musician, like there's a difference between that and what happens when your life is playing out on E and it's edited by this person and then you're getting harassed by paparazzi. Like it's a different kind of lens. I think for Kanye, he was sort of already as bad as famous as you can possibly be. So for him, sure, it's a change, but it's almost just more like once you get to a certain point, like how how much crazier can it be? You know what I mean? Like, I guess we'll find out like how much crazier can it be? But for, for Travis, um, he isn't really like out there in the media that way yeah also true you know um it's interesting right because like his concerts are have a reputation for being like ridiculously energetic and rowdy Mm -hmm. and everything else but it's not like he's you know out there in front of the camera all the time Mm -hmm. so maybe that's maybe that works to his advantage too i mean the other thing might be just be like who knows right we might be looking at this from like one end of the lens but like We'll see what happens in two years. Right? Like, give yeah. this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they had him on GQ and had him yeah. doing a lot of a, pre- a lot of press with, with Kylie. And, so, yeah, you can see that. You can say that. Wait and see. All right, you ready to talk about some music? Sure. I mean, as much as I can, like, <sighs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have much to say just because with both of these albums. I mean, I think Nikki's was probably easier to unpack than Travis, but like, this was another one of those albums. Or this, both of these albums were projects where 
I struggled with listening to them because I'm not necessarily a fan. Yeah. And so immediately I do a I do a hip hop podcast. And so immediately my mentions are can't wait for you guys to talk about this album. And so I feel like I'm listening to it for the sake of a podcast versus listening to it because I want to enjoy it. Hmm. And so I'm listening to it to critique instead of listening to it to enjoy it. And then if I don't like the album and it comes from two artists who I'm not necessarily fans of, then I'm going to look like a hater. Like, so I, I'm still like, for example, I listened to the Nazir album this weekend. Yeah. That album sounds totally different than when we reviewed it. How so? Um, in a better way. The okay. good songs are still really good. Um, Cop Shot the Kid is probably the only record that I don't listen to that I liked originally just because I, I played it out. But Bonjour, Adam and Eve, like those records are hard. Yeah. Um, you know, even though the general consensus is that. And then we went back <laughs> and I played, I played Hip Hop is Dead for my girl today. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Like, there's nothing on that Nazir album that's worse than Hip Hop is Dead, uh, the, the, or Who Killed Hip Hop. Right. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so it was, it was different for me to listen to the album, enjoy it, versus like, I'm listening to some of these records. I'm like, yo, this beat is kind of hard. But then I'm sitting there listening, like, with the, with the critique here. Right, right, right. You know, so I'm, I'm still trying to navigate through that. So I don't really have much to say, but I know, I know you. And us having two weeks off, you are chomping at the bit. I know you are. I'm a Travis Scott fan too, right? That too. There you go. Um, so stargazing, which is kind of, I mean, hip hop's in such a funny place, right? For so long, we used to talk about when we first, when we really first did this show, um, it was really, before, you know, it was obviously really before streaming meant anything. Spotify existed, but nobody really, it wasn't anywhere near ready for prime time and it was only spotify right mm -hmm. and it used to be that you had to have like a pop record or whatever to cross over or you know something like that and stargazing is the number eight song on billboard this week which is <laughs> which so, is kind of incredible and it's because so of streaming numbers right yeah, and, i was gonna say is that a question is that because it's the first song on the album i mean maybe um though i will say the opening to this album i think like this opening run is actually like really strong um, I think right off the top on Star, I think Stargazing is an interesting opening track because like it sort of immediately like sets the tone, I think, for how the album's going to be. Um, there's a lot of beat changes in this album. Mm -hmm. This song has a beat change. Um, you're getting like right up front. He's doing all the, the classic Travis Scott ad libs. You know, he's going to he's going to say it's lit really loudly and really high pitched and auto tune. And, you know, you're going to get that like he's got his style and he's sort of like. I don't know. To me, stargazing really is like it. Like this is a sort of a sneak sneak peek of the album, but like in a good way. Um, I think Travis is increasingly experimental. Yeah, um, I think that artists go through phases sometimes where they like they start. I'm gonna say run out of stuff to conquer, but they're like, okay, I can do this and I can do this. And he's at an interesting place in his career, right? Um, and so I, I got. I, I don't want to editorialize too much because it's. I'm gonna sort of ruin what I say about the rest of the album, if only to say. I like stargazing. I like the beat. Um, I love the second half to the song. I, mm -hmm. I kind of feel like parts of this album are really just like two or three good ideas that were combined. And they, I, I'm not yeah. sure if they're a song yeah. or what to do with it. 
But like he has a lot of really good ideas scattered throughout this whole album. Um, I think the beat switch here is fine. If like if you sort of treat this as like almost an intro of sorts, I think it's totally fine to sort of have this like scattered beat switch. Um, I don't think fans really seem to care that much that you have this sort of like, well, here are two ideas bolted together. Um, and I think maybe that's just me being a critic, right? Like one person's beat switch is another person's. Oh, that's just two random, two random ideas put together. I mean, you and I have done that on songs all the time, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but I like the song. Um, I think it's a good opening and yeah, I mean, I think this is not like if I'm telling someone here's a Travis Scott song to listen to like, I'm not going to point to Star- stargazing, but I think it's a, a strong opening to the album. Right. And I should point out as always, because we always give credits, right. Produced by Sunny Digital, uh, B Weezy and 30 Rock. There are a lot of producers on a lot of songs here. Yeah. It sounds like it. <laughs> right. Sounds like it. Sometimes it's a bad thing, right? Like you're like some, and we'll talk about that um anything else you want to say about stargazing nah this i don't have an opinion on stargazing just yet so the next track is carousel with frank ocean Mm -hmm. uh produced by hip boy and only hip boy um this is an interesting song um this is and there are a couple songs like this on here this song has really grown on me um frank's part in particular really keeps growing on me right um don't really love the like when he sort of first comes on the song and i'm like oh frank what do you mm, harmonies aren't exactly right but like as he goes on like i think he gets better on here um i like the beastie boy sample uh mm-hmm. I, I like maybe don't love the beat but i like the beat um and i think it's yeah i think this is a good i think this is an, another like pretty good nice like song right here like i i like carousel uh this beat is nuts Mm. I like this beat a lot. And that Beastie Boy sample, like you can't. You can throw that on anything. <laughs> that ain't that and the Go Brooklyn from uh Audio 2 Top Billing, like yeah. you can just throw that on anything and it makes it ten times better. Um another record that I'm not final on, but like listening to the beat was like, yo, this is this is crazy. Yeah, he's not afraid to like there are some times where he's using samples where you're like, oh, all right, you're going to use that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Yeah, he did that on one in particular. Yep. And yeah, we'll get there. Yes, we will. Um, but no, I, I like Carousel. I'm a fan of Frank. Um, it's good to see Hip Boy back. Um, he's, got, mm-hmm. he's got credits on another song coming up here in a sec. But um, anything else about Carousel? Kanye interview. What about the Kanye interview? No, the, um, that was the Hip Boy record, right? When he was oh, trying to rap. Right, 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 right. Oh, Hip Boy. Um, he tried. He got it. Got it. Got it. Got to respect the attempt. Yeah. No. No. Kanye. Really. No good music anywhere near this album. Except. Right? Uh, except. Um, Am I missing somebody? Did my, I'm assuming Mike Dean mixed this. Well, except for Mike. Right. Yeah. Mike. And he has. He's got production credits in places. I'm looking. I mean. No. Like. He's got. He's got stuff from everybody else. But. <laughs> He <laughs> he might have snuck when they were like this album sounds like, you know, to hear so many projects that sound rushed and then to hear some in spoiler alert, some of the Nikki records sound dated. Um, this sounds like they spent a good amount of time working on it, but then still got it within where nothing sounds dated. He was experimental enough where nothing sounded dated. Right. Um, speaking of songs that have a lot going on, 
Let's oh talk boy. about Sicko Mode with Drake and yeah. Sway Lee. Yeah. Produced by Hip Boy, uh, Oz, Tay Keith, and Q Beats. A lot going on. Three parts to this song. Completely different. Um, the first part is really is just Drake produced, and that's I'm, I'm guessing if I had, like sort of judging by um, sort of doing the math on who did what, I believe that's that part is produced by Oz and maybe Q Beats. Um, I love that opening part. That beat listen, is man. really dope. I'm like, where was this on Scorpion? Listen, man, that's 100 a stimulus package record that Travis snatched, mm. and then, and it, this sounds like an unfinished. Like, yeah, it wasn't the yo. <laughs> let's like let's switch it up and let's change the beat like no like you you hit that like you you clean that up like either drake sent you 12 bars or eight bars or he <laughs> sent you an idea and y'all just decided to keep it as is and just maybe right. had them record it and polish it up but no that that record is a record that's not done or it, or they finished it i could see them finishing it and putting it out later or performing it on a on tour or something like that but yeah, that's an idea. They clean that up. Yeah, it's an idea and it's a dope idea. It's a dope. Yeah, uh, yeah don't get me wrong. Like that, that beat is nuts. And oh, I follow too many people who wear Supreme on Instagram because it's, it's all I've heard for the last two weeks. What's that? That Just that, that song, just every oh. video that people have used, that the hype beast used, like has had that song as the background. Well, we get like, I don't know, we get like six bars, not even, no, we get like, a bar no, and a it's half a, of it's Drake. a bar. We it's get a bar, bar of Drake. Yeah. And then we're on to the second part of the song, um, which has to be produced by Hip Boy. The drums give it away. Those are absolute Hip Boy kicks. Um, and I like this part too. Um, it's Travis is an interesting rapper, right? Because like he's never trying to be super lyrical or anything like that, but he's also not of the call him SoundCloud rap, call him whatever generation, right? He's sort of this. You know, clearly inspired by Drake and Kanye and others, but like not quite sort of a full on like child of young thug. You know what I mean? So like yeah. he's an interesting yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. Um but, oh, go ahead. This is probably my least favorite out of the out of the beat out of the switches. Parts? That's interesting. Yeah. I, I really I, I like it a lot. Um, but I like it, Travis. It, it might be because it comes after the first beat, which right. is crazy, and you're like what are you doing? Like you're uh, yeah. killing me. I, I love the little, you know, I love the, give me the Luke sample. I love the uncle Luke sample. Like, I think that works really nicely. Um, and then the third part to this is first Drake. And then Travis jumps in at the end over yet another take Heath beat. Um, he's an interesting producer, man. Um, his beats. Uh, let's see. How can I put this politely? They don't exactly like break new ground. But you you know how they break. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But I think his tempos and like this little bounce he has are putting artists in like these interesting pockets that they don't always get to. Well, well, Doc, go go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Oh, and by the way, like the bass is always really prominent too. Like yes. Um, what were you gonna say? You and I live in the 90 BPM. That's right. World. It just so happens that ours just consists of break beats and (laughs) you know chopped up samples. But like when you when you put trap drums or, you know, really it's the resurgence of like Manny Fresh and the bounce era and a lot of beats by the pound, DJ, uh, DJ Paul and Juicy J, a lot of three, six influence. You put all those things in a pot like and you speed it up. 
and you go back to the Chappelle skit, <laughs> we like drums. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's it that was funny. That skit was funny because it's true. So you add all those things together, yeah, you're gonna have a run, especially now where trap has as a tempo, I think, is is starting to wean a little bit. Mm. People want to switch it up. And especially, and I honestly, I feel like the uh uh reggaeton Drake helped out a lot with that. Mm. And just those, and not even just him, period, but there were more records where people were wanting to dance. Right, 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 right. And so Trap, you can't really do too much with it, but, you know, like, dance, dance. So let me nitpick about something real quick. Sure. The switch to the third part of the song is not as smooth as it should be. Like, normally, like, so, right, music is, especially hip-hop music, right, is typically in, like, two, four eight, 16 sort of bar increments. And when they're doing that little transition between the second and third parts, it's not like at the end of a two or a four bar little loop. And it just always feels off to me, but mm-hmm. that's me nitpicking. Uh, Drake is not by any stretch breaking lyrical ground on this third part, but his flow is infectious. Mm-hmm. And people, I knew people like when I first wrote notes, I was like, people are going to love this. Guess what? People love it. They love it. Um, yep. This this song is by far the breakout hit of the album so far. Yeah, um, debuted at number four. Um, and Drake's already performing it on tour. So, of course, surprise, surprise. Yeah, I went and looked at that. Uh, I went and looked at that uh, set list, and I'm I'm mad I did. <laughs> Just because I, I like to be surprised at concerts. Oh wait, are you going? If they come to Columbus, I would oh, like to see right. Drake. I haven't seen him yet. But again, I think my problem is, is I need B-Size Drake. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, he's, um, he's doing like 40 songs, but only in 90 minutes, which means yeah. he's playing like little bits here and there. And it's like, so I, I don't know. I, I'm seeing him the 8th or the 9th. I can't remember this uh, Saturday after Labor Day weekend in Boston. So, um, and apparently what Roy Woods is now the opening act. So Okay. It'll be Roy Woods, then 45 minutes amigos, and then Drake. That's going to be a long night. <laughs> okay. So that means the show starts at 7 7. Supposed to start seven? at 7. Yeah, we'll see. It means you can get there at what, 9? Be good? <laughs> uh, I don't think Drake would go on until like, yeah, like 9 30, 10 maybe. But yeah. I want to see, I want to see some, I, I, I'd like to see some amigos live. I looked at their set list. Um, they're doing a lot of stuff from like, 2014 2015 and i'm just like no nah, i'm good like what um oh hold on let me look at it i'm just i'm trying to remember what era that is so they're doing like they're doing stuff like handsome and wealthy fight night uh hannah montana mm. like i'm like no i'm good i'm good okay but then after that you know they get into they're doing like some kind of it's interesting they're doing i I don't know what this says about their about culture too but at least the first uh, set list i saw they're doing like six records off culture one and only like three off culture two so three or four so i don't know but you know rick flair drip will go off live i like i get the bag with migos um I'm sure motorsport will be fine live. Like, you know, it, it's all good. 
They might. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and then they, they come they out. And then they come out and do like in the middle of Drake's set, they do like all their collabs with Drake and then they do another little mini like set. So they do like stir fry and something else and then they and then they go. What is that Migos record that I really like that's on Culture 2? It sounds like a Ross record. Sounds like a Ross record. It's not Narcos. No. Hold on. I'm pulling it up. <laughs> Culture 2. Is it Made Man? I like how you're just going by the title. Yeah, this is it. All my niggas made for it. Oh, no. That no. crazy. That sounds terrible. And that concludes this <laughs> week's episode of Clock Radio Speakers. You're bugging. That beat is crazy. So sicko mode. Anyway, um, Travis, yes. Anything else you want to say about sicko mode? Nah, you nah, like it? I good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, all right. I think sicko mode's crazy, actually. I like. I heard this and I was like, it's one of those things where I made the mistake of, because Travis does not put who is featured on the song, like mm-hmm. any of the track list. When I went to go listen in the morning, I just went right to like Wikipedia or whatever or Genius and I looked at who was featured. I think it would have been interesting if I was like, oh, this is going on. You know, like I also look at the production credits as I'm listening. So like I'm listening and I was like, I haven't heard Take Keith yet. So like I wasn't super surprised. You know what I mean? Like that's my own fault. Yeah. So but that happened with um, Birds in a Trap. Wasn't um. Wasn't Kendrick on the intro or Kendrick was yeah, Kendrick's wasn't there, like on there a, and he's not credited and yeah. And I think uh, three, uh, 3000's on there, right? Yeah, he's on there. Yeah. So I think we caught that with that because that was the first time, you know, not being a Travis fan. Like that was the first time he caught me and I was like, oh, like somebody's on the intro. <laughs> a Travis fan is killing me right now because I don't know who's on the intro but somebody somebody is either on the intro or early in the album and I think it's on and- Andre's early in the album if I remember correctly okay alright alright so after Sicko Mode we get to R.I.P. Screw with Sway Lee uh, produced by FKI First and Travis um, I think this is a great like I think this song is fine I think it's good but I think this is a great use of sequencing right because Sicko Mode has so much going on and ends with that third part, which has high energy. And then we slow it right down here. Um, I like the beat. I actually like Sway on this. Um, this is another song that's growing on me. Like this whole first run of the album, I can mostly just kind of let ride. And I have no problem with R.I.P. Screw. Okay. You got I'm, not, I'm not there yet. You're no, not there I'm yet? Not there yet. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about Stop Trying to Be God. Okay. <laughs> int- no, no. I mean, just because like... So... You talked about how like it's obvious that this album had like a lot of time spent on it. Uh uh-huh. Stop Trying to Be God, it feels like one of those songs. Maybe Meaning Maybe to its detriment. Yeah, right? I was gonna say, so what do you think? Are you do you mean it's one of those songs that they've had for a while and they kept tinkering with it? It feels overstuck. Okay. Right? It's got Philip Bailey, James Blake, Kid Cudi, and Stevie Wonder on harmonica, right? Um, it's like, oh, okay, like you're checking it's like Kid Cudi humming, sure. Stevie on harmonica, yeah. James Blake singing for like a minute and a half. Why not? Like, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> and then, <laughs> right. Um, but the it kind of gets in my head. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Um, the stop trying to be got like this is definitely a song where like the more you sit with it and the more you like come back to the album, the more you are like, oh right, okay, this kind of gets me. But like in this era of streaming, like I wonder like 
will people come back to it? Like, right. I think it's interesting he put a video out for it. Like, mm-hmm. um, I didn't actually get a chance to watch the video, but just the fact that there's going to be a video and maybe that'll get it a little bit more attention. Like, that's kind of, you know, maybe it gets people to kind of come back to it and be like, oh, hmm, okay. But I also get it. Like, you know, when you get Stevie, when you get Stevie Wonder on your track, you're going to be like, oh, okay, got to do this and got to do that. And, you know, I kind of get it. I like yeah. this song. Yeah, Stevie Wonder's playing the harmonica on this, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Like, what else could we do? <laughs> right. It, the the record is, like, really, like, drowsy to me. It is a little drowsy, and I think this is a case where, like, I get after Sicko Mode why they slowed it up with R.I.P. Screw, but then that leading into Stop Trying to Be God, the re- it does feel a smidge drowsy. I'll give it that. Yeah, a little drowsy, so... Okay. All right. Uh, next up, we got No Bystanders uh, featuring Check West and Juice World, produced by Wonder Girl, 808 Mafia, and Mike Dean. Um, so, as previously discussed on the show, I really do not like Juice World. <laughs> Boy, my kids love that song, mm. and it is so terrible. And I'm like pretty sure he's the part. He is that he is the person who's singing on on this, and it's terrible terrible which is bad because like i really like the rest of the song i love the f the club up sample travis's energy on this is ridiculous like travis like this song live is going to be nuts um i like everything about this song except juice world and i don't know i don't know really know what to do with this song so i don't know what do you think i don't know yet Okay. Do you like the F the Club Up sample? I didn't get that far. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't get that far. All right. Um, let's talk about Skeletons. Yeah. Featuring The Weeknd, Pharrell, and Tame Impala. Produced by Tame Impala. Oh, okay. That's why I like this record. Oh, my goodness. This beat is so dope. That beat is crazy. Oh. That beat is crazy. Oh, man. Uh, Travis's go. lyrics are really juvenile and, you know, but I don't almost really care because the rest of the song works so well. I needed this song to be longer. I could have used them like another minute and a half on this. Woo! That beat, man. Oh, man. I barely even hear Pharrell on this, but um, but the, oof, I like the song a lot. Yeah, this beat is crazy. You're like, yeah, the beat. Yeah, that's really all. I, yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's all I could. That's all you got. Tra- I'm not listening to Travis for lyrics. Hmm. I'm it's it's as the kids say a vibe right it's a vibe eh, he's it's, a bit more than a, than just a vibe but I get I would, it yeah he's yeah. not he's not lyrical schmirical and he's not vibing he's he, in the yeah middle. I I would agree with that okay I'd agree with that but yeah I'm not like I'm not listening for punchlines and metaphors but I'm not like it's not mindless either um but yeah I mean the beat it's I'm at that point with the album because I'm still unpacking it where like the things that I like are usually the easiest to grasp. Right, like, right, right, oh, right. this beat is crazy. You know, not getting that 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 far. So yeah, this is one hundred percent a uh, a standout to me. Um, after this, we've got "Wake Up" featuring The Weeknd. Uh, ooh, produced- ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just got that. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, produced by Frank Dukes, uh, Seven Thomas, and Wallace Lane. Um. I, I don't know. I kind of like Travis and Abel together. Um, once you get past the fact that this is, you know, as tends to be these days of the weekend, a song that heavily revolves around taking drugs. Um, 
but I like hmm. the beat, and I think the guitar brings a really different feel to this song. Actually, um, it's got a nice little outro. Like I could kind of see a world where like he tries to give us a little bit of a push, um, just because it's like with the weekend and it's got a little bit of a, of a lighter sound for him, right? It doesn't have a this beat doesn't have like fifty things going on. Um, but yeah, I like the song. What's What's funny is. Um... Dang, I lost my point. <laughs> what's funny is what's funny is, is and next week on Clack oh, Radio Speaking. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. So you don't think Abel do you think Abel feels a way about being like kind of pigeonholed? Like he's the he's the he's the druggy singer where he's like it's like a where he wants to be known for much more than that and and people have called him like a a one trick pony. So he tries to like go out of his way to show you how cultured he is, but people are just like, ah, just sing about the drugs and the women. In the dirtbaggery. I mean, he's got writing credits on all this. So, like, unless they're like, I don't know. He seems to be going along with it. So, so money and success heals all wounds in this I'm, case? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I don't know if, I don't know. Do you think he feels like he's being pigeonholed? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, didn't he once, like, sing about, like, being <laughs> high at the Kids' Choice Award or something? Like, on his own album? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard a full weekend project no! since Thursday <laughs> or maybe echoes of silence. And it's been all downhill from there. Oh, no. no, no. Oh, no. I just I don't I don't want to I don't want to hear druggy tunes. I'm not there anymore. <laughs> I don't. I'm good. Once I saw him on the award show dancing, I can't feel my face. He was done to me. I think that was the wait, what, what award show was that? I don't know. It was like the AMAs or oh. it might even been the Grammys, but I'm pretty sure it was like the AMAs or the billboards or something like that. He was he was dancing. I can't feel my face and like explosions were going on <laughs> behind him. And I was like, this is not the druggie I fell in love with. <laughs> this is not the dirtbag that I fell in love with. It's over. I'm good. He's he's regressed from that. He has. But he's still. carved out a lane. He has. He has. Okay. It's one of those things where like I feel like you got to like let the label do what they want to do and then go back to because I think after a while, his audience was like, eh. and then he broke up with the girl. Which girl was that? Was it Bella or yeah, was Bella. it Selena Gomez? Or, I don't know. One, one of them chicks. And then he was like, oh, I'm in pain again. And everybody was like, hooray. And that, <laughs> that's terrible. But that seems to have been what happened. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! She broke your heart and you're miserable. Come back to us. Like that's that's so trash. I mean, I believe I might have been guilty of saying the same thing about one Terius Nash. Yo, ever since you retweeted that tweet about about Dream, like I'm very slow to publicly acknowledge his greatness. I know. I know. Because he he literally the, the, does the, have kids and grandkids now. The tweet that Armand's referring to is a tweet that it was something to the effect of like. The, the same guy who is still talking about The Wire and how great it is is the same guy who's still talking about how great Terry Nash, Nash, a.k.a. The Dream is. Yeah, and I'm just and like, I'm, oh, my God, it, it's me. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, but The Wire is great, and so is so is The Dream. Right. It's like, it's like, can we talk? How much time do you want me to spend? I could do a TED Talk on, like, fancy, right? Like, how much time do you want to give me? Oh, my God. We Yeah, I, I had a... I went on a date this weekend and and we talked and this is early in the relationship. I didn't talk to you offline. And uh, we talked about the genius that is playing in the hair. And I was like, this might be a keeper. That was the that was the song you decided to focus on. 
she just randomly picked okay. out that song. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, we got into fancy and all that other all stuff. Right, all right, all right. Planning ahead really stuck out because that let me know, like, oh, she really listens. You're telling me on a first date she went right for for Terius Nash. So how long no. before she tells you? By the way, I listened to your podcast. <laughs> She's already listened to the podcast. Oh no, <laughs> she's aware. <laughs> he said, "Oh no." <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I know. It's it's a thing now. It's did, did she did she pull up in a '98 Honda MPV? True or no, false? She, no, 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 no. And and I got scared, and I was like, oh god, like I hope that she doesn't say that she enjoys the realness by <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that we weren't like Tony is her favorite record. Blood, Bloody Money is is a classic to her. I was hoping that that didn't happen. It didn't. But no, Doc, that's what the kids do nowadays. They will. When they when they find their engine, and this is somebody that I'm, I was already friends with for a yeah, while, yeah, so yeah. like you know, she kind of knew what was up. But that's what they do. They'll they'll go and they'll find your your social media, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, and they'll stalk you and they'll find out what you do and what you're into, and they'll do research. You know, there it's 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 a uh, the John Gruden syndrome. They'll sit down with a with a sun visor, <laughs> get the telestrator out, <laughs> and just start in the in the 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 red pin, and they'll start going to work. All right, so five percent uh, tit produced by FKI first, bruh, with a ridiculously hard Goody Mob sample, bruh. <gasps> you know, I hate cell therapy. Mm. I hate that song, and yet. This beat is crazy. Oh, this beat is great. This beat is great. Um, Travis is fine in this. Um, he's Travis, but this beat is everything about this song. And this opening run, for the most part, with a couple things here or there, has been pretty nice. Pretty strong, yeah. Pretty strong. But 5% yeah. 10 is crazy. Yeah, 5% 10 is hard. That yep. bass is... This is definitely an album where, like, some parts of this album, I feel like, because of sort of how... I don't want to say complicated, but like clearly how I'm like, oh, we've got this part followed by this part. Some parts of this album definitely reward um, like close listening on headphones. But then some parts of this album are like, no, 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 no. Turn up the bass. Mm-hmm. Get the yep. big speakers out. Very much this. Those drums sound so muddied. Yeah. But it, it sounds like it's intentional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we get to NC-17 featuring 21 Savage. Um, produced by Boy Wonder, Alan Ritter, and Q Beats. Um, I'm not a fan of 21, even if every time he he does the ad lib, 21, 21, like it cracks me up. Um, I just think like Man. anytime you can use your own name as your own ad lib, like and just not even <laughs> blink twice about it, is, is like funny. This beat doesn't really do it for me. This is kind of just a pretty basic beat. Like it's fine, I guess, but I'm skipping this song. I don't know. How do you feel? Can I tell you that 21 reminds me of 2 Chains? Oh no. This is this is why. This is why. This is why. Because in theory, in theory, 21 Savage is trash. In theory. So he and what I mean by is trash, like he gets he gets grouped with like the druggy rappers, the the mindless whatever whatever. But like you can tell that he considers himself to be a lyricist. And when you listen to him write and listen to like the way he strings his verses together, I don't go out to I don't go out of my way to listen to 21 Savage music. But every time I hear him, I enjoy his verses. 
And I think Two Chains is the same way. I think Two Chains is a little different, but Two Chains clearly takes himself serious as a lyricist. And Two Chains is found. Yes, may I present you license to kill? I, I was about to. I was about to play that record. <laughs> and like he's he's. I think he's learned from that. Yeah. Where he's not super lyrical, schmirical, like let me get on a record with Raekwon <laughs> and try to like rap and do what he does. Now his lyrical is what he does, you know, like a two chains feature is like, okay, he's going to kill this. And he does like, he's found his lane to still be entertaining, but then still be lyrical. Lyrical isn't always, you know, uh, uh, every word has to rhyme. It's not Eminem on the Nicki Minaj record. Spoiler alert. It's not that all the time. It's, you know, just saying whatever you want to say in a very interesting and engaging and unique way. And I think they both do that. So with that being said, that's my thesis on 21. I don't remember this record, so I don't even know how to feel about it. I don't, I'm still, I'm still trying to process. So what you just said about 21 Savage, um, I think he can write rap lyrics. That's true. Yeah. I think he's pretty bad at actually like delivering those lyrics. I, I wouldn't agree with that. He he raps like he doesn't care, and so I think for our generation, we're like, oh my god. But no, I, look, I mean, it's it's like imagine Master Killer rapping even slower and with less inflection. <laughs> he doesn't write with he doesn't rap with less inflection than Master Killer. I need a side by side comparison because <laughs> <laughs> Master Killer, how how are you boring on Triumph? How do you sound like you don't want to be here on shot? When I think of 21 Savage, I think of his verse on uh, on Rover. Oh, God, I cannot stand Rover. Oh, my God. I, I, I had so many attempts to write to that beat. And I'm just I'm just in a trash season where I'm just writing trash. So it, it got it got left in deep in the bowels of my notes. That beat is hard. Next anyway. up. Astro Thunder, uh, produced by Frank Dukes, Thundercat, John Mayer, and Travis Scott. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this just kind of feels like an interlude to me. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to like this beat, but there feels like a lot going on here. I know there are people who like love this song. And if I'm letting the album run, I'll let this run too. But um, yeah, this feels kind of like one of those things where he got all these people in for a studio session. And he was like determined to make sure this fit the album. But like, <laughs> I don't know what else is going on. This doesn't feel fully fleshed out to me. I don't know. Mm. What do you think? I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. there's really only one other record on this album that I'm like, I know how I feel about it. Everything okay. else is still in there. All right. We can we can try to run through some of this a little quick. Well, hold on. So uh, Yosemite with uh, Nav and Gunna produced by <laughs> what's up? No, anytime I see Nav on social media, it's always in a negative context. I, I haven't heard a single thing from Nav. Uh, this is produced by June James and Turbo. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that people know about this song is that they screwed up his verse <laughs> at first, and then they fixed it. They screwed up whose verse? Nav's. They had him sounding like he was uh, rapping from the parking lot. It was like so low. Mm. But they went in and fixed it because this is we're now in the era where the albums have, have have release notes, which we're going to talk about with uh, a, a one Miss Nicki Minaj here. Um, oh, my God. I'm still reeling from what I read earlier today about that. Um, but Yosemite is good. It's fine. I have no problem with it. But I want to talk about Can't Say um, okay. featuring this guy, Don Tolliver. So this is produced by Wonder Girl and Frank Dukes. I really 
so first of all, let me let me once again praise Wonder Girl. Uh, her kicks are kind of her trademark, and they are monstrous on this. And the bass is pretty crazy too. Um, and Don Tolliver, who is the guy who is the sort of like is rapping and has a notably higher pitched voice than uh, than uh, Travis on here, he mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of like one of those like he it sounds like he would have been signed to Rap a Lot Records in 1998. Or like No Limit Records in 1998 to sing on like a soundtrack or something like that. <laughs> Except he's been brought to the future and given a little bit of auto-tune. And it's amazing. He's so good on the second half of this. Even yeah, though it's I, just normal like whatever rap. Talk, but like he just sounds fantastic. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot. I haven't gotten. I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't gotten to his part. But I've heard overwhelmingly good things about his part on this album. This is Travis's artist, right? He signed the. Oh, is that he signed that to Travis. Yeah. Astro World Records or something like that. I that saw. It sounds about right. Astro World Records taking over for the nineties to two thousand. Do you remember when everything transitioned from um, records to entertainment, <laughs> and then studios, mm. and then just now without names, where it's just it's just Def Jam. Oh yeah. Okay. Hmm. His his so his mixtape is called Donnie Womack. Oh boy. <laughs> oh man. Uh huh. Boy. Anyway, uh, he's great on this, um, but he totally sounds like somebody who uh, who who would have uh, been singing on a, a 1998 uh, No Limit soundtrack. Um, I, one other thing I want to say. I don't know if enough has been written about the Toronto, the Toronto Houston connection, because like people, I mean, especially earlier on in Drake's career, people really were like, oh, Drake's trying to pretend like he's from Houston or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, here's the flip side of that, right? Like there are Toronto producers and people like all over this album, right? We got, we got, uh, Boy Wanda, Q Beats, Alan Ritter. Wonder Girl's got two tracks on here. Of course, Drake's on here. Like, there's just there's stuff all over the place. And like, Wonder Girl, you don't really hear a lot from, right? She uh, she produced on Magna Carta, Holy Grail, right? And that was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, who's this new producer? Back when Jay mm-hmm. could still break a producer. Sorry, Jay fans. That was like a thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, but she has this chemistry, or maybe she just gives like her best stuff to Travis, or who knows what it is. But I really like can't say. Um, there's a record with Quavo and Takeoff, uh, Who What, produced by Cardo. Um, that beat is hard. I think the song is, is just fine. I kind of skipped this record. I kind of wanted more. Sure. I have high. Okay. Expe- I, I like Cardo. I think Cardo's a really dope producer. I have high expectations for Cardo. Sure. I don't. You think this beat is really hard? Hmm. Yeah, that beat is hard, man. Okay. Um, that was my, that was the other record that I I I knew I knew how I felt about it. Oh, that's that beat is hard. I have one more that I really, really, really like. Um, Butterfly Effect, uh, which was a single from last year, produced by Murder Beats. Um, I think this song grew on me. Like at first, I kind of didn't really get why people loved it so much, but I like it and I think it's fine here. Um, This isn't the longest album. It's only 59 minutes, Mm -hmm. but it feels long. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean that in a bad way. It's just because there's a lot of parts and there's a lot of stuff going on. So like... I don't know. I don't think he needed this for like to get a plaque or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't such, I mean, it was a good hit, but like 
I don't know, looking at his first week numbers, he didn't kind of need to put that here. But I almost wonder if, like, Watch was supposed to go here, and instead he was like, no, nah, let's put Butterfly Effect instead. Yeah. But the last... So, I really like Houston Fornication. Um, produced by Seven Thomas and Wild Slain. Um, it's a really short song. Quick listen. But this beat, that main synth line is so dope and so catchy. Um, I really like Houston Fornication. Travis has a really good ear for beats. Maybe it's Mike, Dean, or people around him or whatever. But, like, he's got a pretty good ear for beats. I'll give him that much. Yeah. And then the last song is Coffee Bean, uh, produced by 1985. And it's a total, like, left-field outro for this album. Yeah, Sounds really like weird. nothing else on here. Yeah. Um, it's... I'm not sure. Like, I haven't figured out Coffee Bean and how I feel about it. The, the sequencing on this album is really interesting. It It is so strong up front and then kind of maybe tails off a little bit. But like, I don't know. I like Butterfly Effect, even though it's old. And I really like Houston Fornication. But I don't know. I feel like it's kind of an unbalanced, kind of a weirdly sequenced album. But and I like Coffee Bean. I just don't know if I would end the album that way. Yeah, I agree. Like, if you told me Coffee Bean was an interlude that was placed earlier in the album to kind of break up. Like, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I kind of get it. But to end on that is kind of interesting. I don't know what I would end on, except maybe Stop Trying to Be God. You could kind of flip it and have that be your big, like, dramatic outro or something. But I don't know. The sequencing, something's not right about it for me. You think it's top-heavy? It's very top-heavy to me. Um, But, so let me ask you, overall, how do you feel about the Travis Scott? I mean, so far, because you said you're still kind of digesting. But yeah, you you feel like this is something you're going to maybe try to listen to a bit more and digest a bit more yeah 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 i think i think we'll um i'll know how i feel about it in another three weeks i think okay just that'll give me enough time to really sit with it and you know ride ride with it you know what i'm saying since i'm i'm, I'm traveling next week so i'll be able to you know it's weird like i love listening to albums um in airports mm. i love walking to like connecting gates and going through you know uh security and all that stuff like i love listening to albums that way and i just bought some some new headphones so i'm dying to try them out so travis it sounds like that'll be one of those albums that i can i can do that with yeah i think i mean for me like my first listen i was kind of like my first two listens i was like all right this is to me my first two listens i was like wow he's really trying for some stuff here but i didn't think it all quite worked but i think this is an album that rewards multiple listens definitely yeah yeah which is good in this era it is it is um i gotta say like we talked about the numbers up front i was stunned by how many he sold whether he had help from bundles or whatever like birds in the trap did like 88 or 90 first weekend mm-hmm. like this is a mammoth jump yeah um so i don't know man this might you know it'd be interesting to see like which of the so um uh, what was I going to say? Sicko Mode and um, Stargazing are on the charts right now. It'll be interesting to see if both of those two or even just one of them sticks around after that first week bump. Um, mm-hmm. There's a fan-made video for Sicko Mode going around. That's I, I think I retweeted it. Uh, Jay Givens tweeted it first that I saw. That's freaking phenomenal. And like, if Travis saw it, he should just like hand some money over to whoever edited it, put it together, and just put... It's, it's good enough. You could just put it out. Um mm-hmm. It's a dope video. Um, so I think it could be sicko mode. I mean, because like Drake is doing whatever he wants right now. And if it's got Drake on it, like Drake can take Keith, man. Yeah. 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 You got um, a nice little. It, it really depends on what they do. 
because it could be one of those things where Drake and Boy Wonder don't work together all the time. But when they get together, like it's it's like something's about to happen. Right. You know, I could I could see him doing that. Or he could, you know, he could go the whole route and do a whole project with him. Little EP? And just yeah, little EP and just and just completely take the sound and you might get a record that goes viral or something and right, get right. your streams up and call it a day. I can see that too. Anything else you want to say about Travis? Uh no, other than he needs to put out those pink fours or those purple fours. We we didn't really talk about the shoe aspect for Travis Scott right now. Yeah. Well, the blue ones are fire too. The Houston alone ones are fire. The the blue friends or the purple. Why I keep calling them blue? The purple friends and families are fire. The gray ones are kind of eh. And then he just came out with some Air Force ones with interchangeable. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Swooshes. I'm not crazy about those, but. That was the merch that I saw was the Astro World Nike merch. I don't know if that was the timed merch, mm. um, but that's what I saw. And that stuff looked pretty cool. So he's doing a lot of things right, man. He's doing a lot of things right. So shout out to Travis. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I imagine for him, like a big, a really big tour is kind of next up for him, right? Oh, he has to do an Astro World tour and seeing tour right now. I'm trying to figure that out. Hold up. Seeing what people are doing now with stages, like you could turn that into a whole um, like amusement park themed thing and you can have the the giant golden head behind you or in the middle of the stage or whatever you can you can or at the end of the stage, you can figure something out. And I think going gold in a week, the Kardashian bump, people largely liking this album. He's clearly a priority at the label. Like he could get that budget to to really do that tour right. Oh, he's doing an Astro World Festival in Houston. There you go. Speaking of festivals. Speaking of festivals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler. Man, let's pull this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pull this up. I I I text I text my homegirl who lives in LA and I just like I cussed her out. Like, man, I, I hate the fact that you I could never live in LA, but I really, really wish that I lived in LA for stuff like this. She's just an L.A. girl? (laughs) Too soon? It's too soon. (laughs) Might have been too soon. Okay. All right. So this Camp Flognaw Carnival going down uh, November 10th 10th through the 11th. That's Veterans Day weekend. I'm not going to lie. I may have have, looked and said, how much are tickets? I I can't go Veterans Day weekend. I got to do some stuff at work. But um, yeah. How much are tickets for these? Uh, like two fifty. It's two days, Ooh, and you gotta buy. You gotta buy both days. Yeah, it's a two day. It's a two day pass. Ooh. But now, now go down the artists. Listen, I'm not paying two hundred fifty dollars to see Taco <laughs> and Left Brain. I'm good. Okay. But okay, so you got. Uh, I'm just gonna point out the people that I've either heard either That's heard right. of or that I would like to see. So I've heard a lot about Tierra Whack. I haven't heard anything yet. Uh, Raphael Sadiq would be fire. Yeah. Um, G Jordan would be interesting. Yep. Um, heard a little dragon. Heard of Flash bu- Flatbush Zombies. I can't go to see Georgia Smith because I it just wouldn't be good for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just would not be good for me. Um, I've heard of play. Um, you know, Playboy Cardi, Vir- <laughs> Virgil's. Have you seen Virgil's DJ sets? I have not. They're hilarious. It's literally him on. <laughs> it's literally him on his in- on his computer. Yeah. Like 
pulling up mp3s and like he has a sound effect board it's hilarious have you have you been to dj sets that's what dj sets kind of are now man i when i go to dj sets in the city like they have crates in oh you go to rapidly rap dj sets no i go no there's a i live in columbus man columbus columbus is on its way to being hipster town usa so it's not just the rapidly rap sets like it'll be an r&b set it'll be just a regular like a dance set like people are enjoying you know using vinyl or, or using vinyl as, as opposed to serato um okay you got push a t still need yeah. to go see push we didn't even talk about push like canceling half of his tour times is tough man yeah uh you got post malone who is i still don't understand how he's doing as well as he's doing that is so fascinating to me um, you've got Lauren Hill, who's in the news right now for news that we've known for years. And I, I think we talked about it on the Fuji's retro. Um, Robert Glasper that? decided to put his foot on her throat. Man. <laughs> like, wow. I mean. So, it, it, okay, so the, the, the tour stuff, the band stuff. All right, cool. Like, that was your experience. It seems to make sense just based off of the long history of you know, Lauren Hill shows, but you know, I mean, he basically said, make another hove. Like how come none of her albums have equated to not even just successfully, but just like, she's never made music that was as good as Miseducation. Whether you and I love the album or not, we don't, but we understand that that's an important album in, in music history, especially for our generation. Um, and yeah, she hasn't she hasn't done that again. She has to perform the songs differently whenever she, you know, does them live because the business isn't right. And so here you go. But she's on this tour or she's at this festival. Yep. Uh, you've got the zigzag zigalah. You've got the scissor. Um, you've got Tyler and ASAP. So safe to say that there's a joint album coming, hopefully. Maybe. I think All it's right. safe to say. I mean, yeah. At some point, I don't know if it'll be time for this or not, but yeah, got them. So I, I, I would, I would want to see both of them live. Yep. Okay. So you've got the. Yep. I agree. Uh, you got the internet. Yeah. Um, not familiar with Brockhampton, but I've heard their name, Kali Uchis, I think. Yep. Brockhampton's kind of interesting. I don't know. Okay. How There's, so? Their song titles really are particularly interesting. Like they are, they are definitely paying homage. Like I mean, heavily paying homage to things in the 90s like one of their songs is called like princess diana 1997 or something but it (laughs) it, yeah they're like and then when the song actually starts you're like oh this is not what i was expecting at all yeah i would i would give them a listen it might come up on one on on one of the spotify playlists or something but you might might not be a bad idea to check them out they're kind of in you might not like them but it's it's different anyway okay uh, Jane Smith, which would be interesting, and nobody else is interesting except for the headliners, which is Kitsy Ghost. Yeah, I, I, I would love to hear lots of Kanye and Kid Cudi. I don't know how much of Kitsy Ghost the project I want to hear. I would love to see, and I'm, sh- I would love to see or hear um, Feel the Love live. I think Feel the Love would be great. That is going to be amazing. Pusha will be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could do that. Yep. Yep. He could do that. And then Kanye is just, and you're just like, oh God. It's okay. Yeah. That would be dope. (laughs) Yeah, that's a crazy lineup. That's a really good lineup. 
Yeah, so. th- yeah, that is a really good lineup. Really, really good. If, I if, guess when you factor in all those people, considering one of those will probably run you fifty to seventy-five to get all that for two fifty. It's not bad. Yeah, you just have to be a fan of enough people, but you know, and depend and the fact that the, all it's all that over the course of two days. So like, you know, SZA is gonna do like a full set. Kid See Ghost will do a long set. Tyler will do a long. Set. That's a you know, that's a lot. Because yeah. concert tickets are expensive. Yes, they are. But that's what they, that's where you make your money at. We hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.